This is the Santita Jackson Show. Hey everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Santita Jackson Show. Yeah, I'm coming up on StreamYard, everybody. Spread the word. I'm Santita Jackson. It's a joy to be with you on WCPT 820, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station. Uh, We're going to be bringing you all the latest and the greatest during the Democratic Convention because we are the largest progressive talk radio station in the country. And, of course, my family to the north, AM 950 Radio, the voice of progressive Minnesota. Meet my morning stars on the Santita Jackson Show YouTube channel. Hey, my godbrother Andre Ashley came down in Tennessee, sending you all so much love. Got something to throw your way today. It's alarming to see these poll numbers continue to drop for President Biden. So let's talk about that today. Why is he losing votes with within the black community, black men in particular? Why is he losing Latino votes? Why is he losing Arab votes? Why is he losing the youth vote? What can he do or is there anything that he can do to bring those numbers back, and how will that impact the rest of the ticket? Yeah, you got to think about that, too. As more and more David Axelrod, there is no one more influential in the Democratic Party than David Axelrod, came out and said, look, don't run. Don't run. It wasn't just progressives like Jeff Cohen this time. No, 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 no. It was David Axelrod, who was pure establishment, uh, one of the uh, persons who ran the, the, uh, the Obama campaign. So what does that mean? What does it mean? I want you to call me at 773-763-9278. I'm squinting a bit today. I'm going to have to go um, after we get off the air and take care of my eyes. Everybody take care of your health. That's right. I am doing well, but I'm struggling uh, to see today. And so, and, and there is that. And so don't worry about me. Santita's going to keep on pushing through. You know that. Come on now. Going to keep on pushing through, but when you see, when you saw me squinting yesterday, many of you asked about it. No, I was not asleep. What I could not do was see, so I'm having to move up, and I can't wear contact lenses as a result. I don't know what's going on, but I tell you what, I'm still here, and you keep on pushing through. But sometimes there comes a time when you have to step back, step back, which is why I'm going to see the doctor, and I'm going to do whatever the doctor asked me to do. But call me at 773-763-9278, 773-763-WCPT. And I want you to let me know what you think about these poll numbers and what can be done about them. And you can just, if you feel that there's something that I should be doing, even though I'm not a Democratic operative and nor will I be, You know, let me know what you need from media. Just know that they need to be coming on our shows. I'm not supposed to be making their case for them. No, 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 no. I'm pulling for them, but that's not what I'm supposed to do. What I'm supposed to do is bring them to you, and they need to be all over it. There's a blueprint for this, everybody. Reverend did this. No one did it better. And he was everywhere all the time. Yeah, and that's what you have to be to pull your people along. So call me at 773-763-9278-773-763-9278. WCPT, he's done so many wonderful things. Has he done, has he missed some things? Of course, he's human. That's what happens. Is he bungling this uh, 
this Middle East issue? Absolutely. But remember, if things had traveled as they have traveled, if the narrative had remained the same, we would not be here. No one's been marching for Palestinian rights but a few of us. No one's been talking about the horrific situation in Gaza. No one's been doing that. You didn't dare criticize Israeli policy. You didn't do that. Now things have changed and things have shifted since October 7th. So he's had to make an adjustment to a new world. Has he done it? No. And um, but it's impacting him in swing states with Arab American voters and with progressives. So we need to talk about that today on the Santita Jackson show. What must he do to recover or should he fall on the sword for the party, if you will? Yeah. I mean, should he now just say, you know what, I am going to get on out of here. I'm going to get on out of here and I'm going to make room for somebody else. And and we will see. uh, Give somebody else an opportunity to seize the presidency. Call me at 773-763-9278. Let me know what you think. Let's go to some of these headlines. Alex, Donald Trump appealed a ruling that he can be prosecuted over the January 6th attack. A federal judge in Washington, D.C. decided last week that the former president is not immune from being criminally charged for his efforts to undo the outcome of the 2020 election. Uh, How courts have handled the appeal filed yesterday may decide whether Trump, who is running for president again, goes on trial before the 2024 election. Mm. If he goes on trial before the 2024 election, do you think that will help him or hurt him? Call me. Call me at 773-763-9278. The U.S. said Israel must do more to prevent civilian deaths in the Gaza Strip, which are way past 16,000, approaching 17,000, according to most reports, everybody. Secretary of State Antony Blinken made comment yesterday as the death toll in Gaza climbed to more than 17,000 people, according to Palestinian authorities. Israeli soldiers rounded up dozens of Palestinian men and stripped them down to their underwear, which is profoundly insulting in that culture, everybody. According to a video apparently filmed in Gaza yesterday, oh boy, what an insult. You're not supposed to see the bottom of someone's shoe. You can't do that to men. So that was a lot. The UNLV, University of Nevada, Las Vegas gunman, was a professor who repeatedly applied for a job. Wow. Anthony Polito, 67, had sought a position at the University of Nevada at Las Vegas, where he killed three faculty members Wednesday before being killed by the police. He mailed 22 letters to university personnel across the country. One has been retrieved and contained an unknown white powder. A strong storm will hit the central U.S. and east coast this week, and extreme weather is making sugar more expensive. My mother always told me to collect that. And everybody in Chicago, it's going to be a beautiful day. Uh, 54 degrees, partly sunny. Minneapolis-St. Paul, 51 degrees, partly sunny. In the NBA, the Bulls will be playing the Spurs tonight. The Timberwolves will be playing the Grizzlies. What about this NBA um, in-season tournament? What do you think about that? Well, the final tonight, Pacers versus the Lakers. What do you think about this in-season tournament? It's just it tickles me a little bit. I'm like, you all going to find a way to make some money. There you go. In the NHL, Chicago won. Uh, the Ducks, nothing. But the Canucks, too. They shut out the Wild. Two to nothing last night in the NFL. Uh, the Patriots, 21, and the Steelers, 18. Pastor Bobby Lewis, how you doing today? Robert 
Burton Lewis. I'm not accustomed to that. Joy Life Center, you know that's hard for your big sis. <laughs> you are so Robert funny. Doing Burton Lewis. Oh, come on, man. Robert Burton Lewis. I'm like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> Everybody, full disclosure, we grew up next door to each other. Actually, we moved, when my parents moved into the house, he and my brother Yusef were newborns. So right. that's how I marked, I marked time by, uh, we moved in the week Yusef was born. And so I marked time by watching Pastor Robert Burton Lewis, who's known to me personally, y'all don't call him that, but Bobby. <laughs> so Kelly, Bobby, and Frayne shared a room, and then Dawn's room was off of that. That's where I, she and I played all the time. This sister Denise had a room across the hall. She didn't want anyone in there, but she let Dawn and I come in there and borrow the books. And then uh, Ramsey and Kevin shared a room. Oh, okay. See, I know the layout, and Connie stayed downstairs. Come on, man. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Connie. Love her. You got so, the layout. That's right, the layout. Awesome. And your Aunt Alice with those German chocolate cakes. What? Oh, my Lord. Yes, oh. she did make those. She and did. And I'm going to every time you say Robert, you know, that name never stick with me. Everybody calls me Bobby, even at the church. It's Pastor <laughs> Beak or Pastor Bobby. Robert but You just know what? I respect that. It's so distinguished. And, you know, I'm going to stick with it. It's just, you know, I just hear your mama <laughs> saying, Bobby. Right. <laughs> it's like, you know, Yusef will be forever tootie to you. I mean, I can't help it. <laughs> That's my brother. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, it's such a beautiful time. Such a beautiful time. I love y'all so much. We love you, too. Love you so much. So, you know, this season, um, Santita, uh, I'm, I want to remind everybody, you know, we're, we're all going to have celebrations, we're going to give gifts, we're going to enjoy one another, but I just want to remind everyone about the richness and the anticipation anticipation and reflection that our hearts are drawn to and the profound message of Advent. We're in the middle of the Advent season, and this mm -hmm. Sunday especially, we're talking about faith. And Advent is more than just a countdown to Christmas, it's a spiritual journey. It represents a season of experience expectant waiting, a time to prepare our hearts and minds for the coming of Christ. It's a period to reflect on the past, live in the present, and look forward to the future with hope and joy. You know, Santina, last week we were talking, uh, I preached about hope, and I could not resist saying keep hope alive. Yeah. Just couldn't resist. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I mean, it came, it, 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 I was there spirit. when Reverend just used it. And you know what? Yeah. Mm -hmm. People couldn't let it go. No. It, it, I mean, it, it is so, it's so vitally important. You have to keep hope alive. So, but mm -hmm. th this Sunday, this Sunday we celebrate faith. And not just any kind of faith, but new faith. New faith is not just a renewal of our old beliefs. It's a transformation. It's about seeing God's promises with fresh eyes, about stepping out of our comfort zones and embracing the changes that, that God is bringing into our lives. And at Joy Life Center, we are celebrating the birth of Jesus, but we're also celebrating the birth of new possibilities within our lives. So as we focus on new faith, let's be proactive. 
Let's reach out to those in need, offer kindness where there is despair, and bring light into darkness, because that's what we're called to do. Our new faith calls us to be active participants in God's work, to be the living embodiment of love in the world. So I want to extend a personal invitation to each and every one of us today uh, to, to engage deeply this season. I want that to be our challenge. Attend services, participate in community events, and take time for personal reflection and prayer. Because this season is a time for all things new, all things that God has for you, has for me, and everyone in the world. So happy holidays. And, and come on by Joy Life Center this morning. We'd love to have you. That's it. Let us know. You got to... Joy Life Center is at 9401 South Oakley, Chicago, Illinois, 60643. We're in the Beverly area, and we just have a good time on Sunday morning. Sunday at 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock Central. And look, if you're not, because I know you speak to everybody in the world, uh, Santita, so if, if you can't make it by the church physically, you can join us on Facebook or YouTube. Just type in Joy Life Center, follow us. Subscribe to us, and you'll get all of our services. We have a Tuesday Bible study, uh, a Wednesday prayer study, and then we have our Sunday service at 12 noon Central Standard. I love it. I love it. I love it. Pastor Robert Burton Lewis, Pastor Bobby, sending you so much love. I'm so glad that you were with us today because, you know, really, that's, that's the good news. That's the good news. Yeah. And, you sh- and, and that you shouldn't be alone. In this season, you don't have to be. No. Stop by the no, church sometimes. No. Somebody might say something that might keep you moving and grooving on your way. Just stop by the church sometime. Come on by and hold on and grab a hold of this new life that God has for you. Come on and get it. Mm, I love it. I love it. And I love you, Pastor Bobby. Lewis. I love you too. Pastor I love Bobby. you too. Pastor Bobby. So <laughs> yes, since I, yes, since yes. I went through since I went through the bed lineup because it was Jesse Johnny and Yusuf in one room, yeah. Dawn and I had our <laughs> own spaces. The girls had their own spaces. Yeah. Thank you, moms. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. ain't nothing like having your own space. Well, you, no, you all didn't have it, and you all and you didn't need it because it was a gang of all all the boys, and it was just a couple of girls. I just remember right. Dawn and it's I getting our Shirley Temples when your father would perform. And, you know, your mother would make right. sure that we had our little fake drinks. I guess, well, ginger ale That's with the right. cherry on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, with, right, right, right. And all dressed up and just oh, dressed yeah. to the nines. Our parents Absolutely. would do that. And, and, and you know, it, it wasn't just the only girls in the in the in the two houses next to next door, but that was kind of the thing in our neighborhood. There was just so many boys, and it was just a few girls. So y'all were always treated special, extra special. You, now we were, and I can tell you this: these were lovely gentlemen, and they and they protected us. So you know, and, yes, and it was yes. just wonderful. You know, we got a chance to play with each other, grow grow up with each other. We all went to school together. And then we went to high school together, we went to college together, many of us went to graduate school together, and um, it was just a very special time. And I I thank God for you today, and I'm I'm thanking God for your ministry, so sending you so much love today. And again, how can we get to you at 12 o'clock on Sunday? See, after you've been out all night on Saturday, 
you can get on the church. Right. Ah, now say that, Santita. It doesn't matter what you did Saturday night or Sunday morning. Get on by Joy Life Center at 9401 South Oakley, Chicago, Illinois, in the Beverly area at noon. You got plenty of time to get there and come celebrate with. Come as you are. I want to see you. I want to celebrate with you. I want to help you and, 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 and worship with you and understand what God has for us this season. New, new, all things new this season. So come on, get some restoration, get restored, and, 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 and enjoy the Lord uh, as we celebrate Advent season, this holiday season, uh, and the birth of Jesus. Amen. Uh, and you can also join us at, uh, on Facebook and YouTube. Facebook and YouTube. So if you can't get there, if by some chance you don't get there, you can join us at Joy Life Center um, on Facebook and YouTube uh, and just celebrate with us this holiday season. Like Santita said, there's no reason for you to be alone. You are not alone. Come be a part of our family at Joy Life Center. Well, you know, and we celebrate with our brothers and sisters of the Jewish faith, their Festival of Lights. This is the second day of Hanukkah. Uh, eight consecutive nightfalls, Jews gather with their family and with their friends to light an additional candle in the menorah. And, you know, we send them so much love today. I sent a group chain to many of my Jewish brothers and sisters. I think we started something because everybody was, I said, I can't text anymore because I can't see. But I love you. <laughs> Just, I love you. And I love you, Pastor Lewis. And, uh, and we will see you throughout this holiday season. We've got Dr. Shanina Knighton fresh out of Saudi Arabia. How you doing, Dr. Shanina Knighton? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Oh, I am doing well. What do you want us to know today? And I want you to stay over just a couple more minutes on the other side. Stay right there. Stay right there. Because I want you to tell us what we need to know in this holiday season. And, you know, and... If you would, give us more time next week. Just stay right there. We've got a few minutes on the other side. But I want you to tell us about your experience in Saudi Arabia. For those of us who've not been there and those of us who might not ever get over there, I think it is important for us to know, particularly as women, as black women, as black people, anyone who has been marginalized or someone who has never been out of the United States, it's a whole new world out there, everybody. And um, and there are a lot of different perspectives. That's why we have to be very, very careful not to just think that our perspective is the only one. Would you not agree with that, Dr. Knight, before, before we go to the break? Absolutely. But I wanted to actually, Santita, talk about something that's impacting us because of the weather, and that's the air filters. So what the impact of dirty air filters in homes. Well, stay right and there. A lot of stuff with people. Got it. Stay right there. We're going to be right back on the Santita Jackson Show. And then talking about these poll numbers. They just keep getting worse for President Biden. Talk to me. What can he do to lift himself up out of the dungeon? Or should he uh, let someone else run? Mm, He's at 37 percent and the numbers continue to slip. He continues to lose support with black people, particularly black men and Latino voters and Arab American voters and young people are moving away in droves. What's going on? Back with more for the Santita Jackson Show in just a minute.
This is the Santita Jackson Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Santita Jackson Show, WCPT 820, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station. I want you to let me know what President Biden can do to get out of the basement. Why are his numbers so bad? Why is he losing this coalition that he needs? Young people, young voters, Arab American voters, they're key in these king in these swing states, black voters, black men in particular, Latino voters. I mean, they are running away. And you have many Democratic spokespersons who are saying, well, you know, it's really early yet. We've been saying this for a while, though, so I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And you let me know, 773-763-9278. And this is not to be Debbie Downer. This is to diagnose a problem and fix it. That's what I'm going to see the doctor for myself. But before we do, I ran long with Pastor Bobby Lewis, and I'm glad I did, because perhaps you will be encouraged when you go to see him on Sunday or someone on Sunday or someone on Saturday to lift your spirits, everybody. No one should be alone in this in this particular moment. Um, Dr. Shanina Knighton, just having come back from Saudi Arabia um, and, you know, really emphasizing hand hygiene, which is a big, big deal we see around the world. But, you know, the Arab world, that's not surprising because they eat communally like Africans do. And so you have to have clean hands. You don't eat with dirty hands. But, you know, that's another story. You wanted to talk to us about air filters today. Yes. um, It's very important. I know that we, of course, embark upon the use of air conditioners, and then there's also heaters. But we're talking about air filters are very flimsy. They're very, you know, let's say, reasonably cost in terms of them being cheap, but unfortunately putting off replacing air filters for months can have like a lot of hard effects, not just on your actual systems itself, which can then um, need to be replaced a lot sooner because you're not taking care of them. But they increase your electricity bill because it's having to work harder to be able to get things out um, when it's clogged. We're talking about air filters, you know, like there's mold, you know, mildew, bacterial growth that occurs on it. And so when it gets too congested, even during, let's say, the summer seasons when it's cooling, you have all of that stuff that's going to continue to be in that system clogged. Talking about, again, caked up dirt, mold, and bacteria that's then going to be circulating through your air. And so... When people say, oh, you know, my system is not working efficiently like it should, there's increased strain. I'm sorry, the dogs are coming down the stairs. There's increased strain on the actual system itself, but then there's also going to be strain on your body because you're now then looking at respiratory symptoms. So people might have a chronic cough, which exists, that they're not understanding why they can't get rid of. Um, there's other health concerns, you know, that grow as a result of it, meaning that, yes, if you're breathing in contaminated air, does that then, let's say, trigger asthma? Does it then trigger allergies, you know, that you may have had? And so some individuals, when they're experiencing this, they're thinking like, oh, it's just the change of the season, but it's not. It actually has a lot to do with the air quality in your home. Mm. 
So, so do you know how you can look at your door? Okay. Recommendation would be to change it um, about, like, let's say maybe like every one to three months, depending on how hard it's working. But it's to look at it. So it's actually to visibly look at it. If you look at it and you can tell that it's very dusty and it's caked up mm. and it's grimy, that's the time to change it. The good thing about air filters is you can actually see the buildup of toxins. Unlike, let's say, germs such as COVID or somebody having a flu, we can't see those germs. But we can see a dirty air filter and know that it is filled with some sort of mold, fungus, bacteria, and harmful pollution, you know, that can harm us. So, like, when you have the, your regular fan um, and you can see it can get dusty in the back, you should clean that off, too, right? All of these Absolutely. devices. Okay. Because when you're breathing. Mm-hmm. Mm, yep, okay. when you're breathing, you're breathing it right back into your lungs. Hmm. Thank you for that. That makes me feel good. All right. (laughs) So clean, 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 clean. You're right. Dr. Shanina Knighton, everybody. Hey, Dr. Nina, H-E-Y-D-R-N-I-N-A. We're going to have her on next week for an extended period of time so she can tell us about what she saw and what she learned when she was in Saudi Arabia. I mean, when she saw the infrastructure, the the roads that are paved, all the money that they put into caring for the people. It was amazing, wasn't it? Exactly. It was exactly just that. I've never seen streets so clean and literally there being people dedicated to their street vacuums. They use street vacuums on a regular basis. So to be somewhere where you don't see a speck of dirt and they're allowed to smoke cigarettes there and they have like certain areas where they're able to smoke, you don't even see cigarette butts on the ground. Mm. All right. That's what I'm talking about, everybody. I just I want you to know that a lot of people are living a whole lot differently. Um just all over the world. So think about that. Think about it. Love you, Dr. Shanina Knight, and it's always a joy to be with you. Absolutely. Likewise. You can stay out here and hang out and listen to um, Dwight McKee and an attorney, uh, Daryl Jones, as we... And I want to hear from you, everybody. Call me at 773-763-9278. Why are these numbers with for President Biden? Why are they continuing to go down. I mean, now he's down to a 37% job approval rating. 63% of Americans just generally don't approve of his job performance. What is going on? What does that mean? Why is he losing black voters, particularly black men? Why is he losing Latino voters? Why is he losing the Arab American vote? Why is he losing the youth? I mean, all of all these people are part of the coalition that he must have in order to win. What is going on? Let's break it down. In your in your opinion, uh, Daryl Jones, what do you see happening? Well, you know, I think that a large part of this, uh, as we're watching the numbers dwindle, right? We we know that you know the numbers they were never extremely strong uh, for black men. Uh, they were supportive, uh, but not extremely supportive. And I think that uh, a large part of what you're seeing happening now is two things. 
one, uh, we're not in the middle of the, of the real pressure of the election uh, so that people are, are, are really seeing who the alternative is. And that as we get closer to that, I think that you will see some rebounding of some of those numbers. But the other piece is this. I, I think that uh, to a large part that black men are watching and, and, and other uh, people of color are watching what's happening uh, in uh, the Middle East, what, what's happening with the Palestinians. And a lot of black men sympathize uh, with what they see happening to the families in Palestine and the side that the administration appears to be taking. And so I think that's going to be a road that's eroding some of that support, a large part of that support. And then on top of that, you know, you, you, the question that's always asked, you know, is, is what have you done for me lately? And I, I'm not certain that that's being seen. Uh, that the administration is doing things or taking actions that are really supportive of the uh, African-American community as a whole, but black men in particular. Uh, the uh, appointments that you're seeing, yeah, Katanji Brown-Jackson was a great appointment. But for black men, that's not the appointment they're looking for. It, it's not something that, that's standing with black men and the, and the black men's concern. So I think that you know, when it comes to the African-American community and the African-American men, that's a large part of what you're seeing. The younger folks, similarly, right, uh, they're not seeing the advance that they wanted with regards to the environmental issues. They're not seeing necessarily the advancement that they've wanted with gun control. The issues that really confronted them, uh, whether it's uh, student debt relief, right, they see that now is all tied up. And so, you know, you add to that that this uh, Gen Z young millennial generation is the most multiracial, multicultural, most understanding and accepting community. And then again, uh, you, 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 you lay that next to what's happening with this administration with regards to what they're doing in the Middle East and that policy of, of non-tolerance uh, in, in terms of how they you know, have played this out. And it goes against what that generation Believes. So these are some of the challenges that the administration currently is facing. I believe that explains some of the downward departure uh, with regards to the support. And the other piece of that becomes with the polling itself. Because with, uh, with young voters, particularly uh, Gen Zs, when you start uh, doing polling by phone, you ain't going to reach most of them. Because they're, they're, they're not the phone type people. They ain't going to answer the phone number. They don't know. You know, all that stuff. So the whole polling process itself also becomes uh, a factor in that uh, analysis, Santita. Mm, Dwight McKee, it's almost as if Attorney Daryl Jones, do you remember Karnak the Magnificent on The Tonight Show? <laughs> you know, the, the prophet who Johnny Carson and Ed McMahon uh, playing off him. I mean, it was brilliant. It was hilarious. I used to love to see that skit. Well, it's almost as if you've been Karnak, Dwight. You and Robert Cotillo have been, um, have, have predicted this. I mean, what are you seeing? I mean, I mean, a hemorrhaging of black male support. I mean, an absolute hemorrhaging of Latino support. Arab Americans are saying, no way, I'm not going to vote for you. But when you've handled the Middle East, I'm done. The youth vote. I mean, and you know, we've been meeting with a lot of youth. They're, they're done. They're done, even when they look at the alternatives, because we act as if Trump is the only alternative. We act as if Cornell West is not out there, RFK is not out there. And this group, I get the sense, are unafraid, unafraid of voting uh, beyond the Democratic or Republican parties. For them, they are non-binary in more ways than one. Dwight McKee. Um, well, 
is interesting because actually he is back where he started from. He really, if you remember, he was not the most popular candidate. He was really kind of imposed upon us from Fiburn. And uh, they carried the, the, the load for him and took him over the top. And so he became the best option, but he wasn't the, 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 the first option. He became the best option left after Kleinberg and them, you know, began to cut the deals and, and pull the South, particularly and black women. Out. Boy, <laughs> yeah, and push Bernie out. Yeah. yeah. So he, he really is back to where he started from. He, he started at about 30%, 35%. So he's back there. He made some calculated errors, I think. One is that, you know, they put him on a ticket when he was vice president because he appealed to a certain base, a certain kind of uh, middle-class white person uh, to balance Obama's appeal to the progressives and the young. And that strategy worked as long as Obama was there to deal with the progressives and, you know, pull his crowd in. But once he was on his own, that was not enough of a base to for him to be able to to, to sustain a long range impact because the progressives don't see him as a progressive, and he the crowd that he generally appeals to, which is the middle class white crowd, they are in Trump's pocket, and so he is not reactionary enough to appeal to them and not a uh, progressive enough to appeal to the young, the blacks, uh, the, the Hispanics. And so the Bible says that, you know, you can't, you need either be hot or cold. You really have a hard time if you look warm. People kind of spit you out their mouth. And that's kind of who he has become as a lukewarm candidate. He didn't fight for the issues that blacks wanted him to fight for. He didn't fight for reparations. Uh, he didn't fight, really, really, really fight hard to uh, for debt forgiveness, for uh, tuition for the young people. Uh, he didn't really, really, really fight for health care. I mean, he was deficient. It, it really comes down to deliverables. He was deficient in deliverables. But yet, as he tried to appeal to the right, like his position on this war, they don't see him as one of them. So that Trump has that crowd locked down. So you are not going to be able to to uh, uh, extract that crowd from out of Trump's the palm of Trump's hand. So he's kind of you know lost in space. I'm not sure actually he's going to end up a candidate at all. I can see Newsom in the bullpen warming up. And I think that, you know, with this indictment of his son, they knew some probably at some play-in because it came out of California. Mm-hmm. I think that two walks and a wild pitch, and they're gonna put, he's going to be yanked from the game. I, I, I can see now, boy, they're kind of lining up. And I think the issue that you're trying to deal with now is what they're going to do with, with Tamala. I mean, with uh, Vice President Harris, 
if they yank him, you know, how are they going to play that? But I do think that between that and them trying to put him on the impeachment next week, I think his, his problems, I think his problems are yet to come. I think, well, again, this is only the beginning of swing well, well, I mean, now, there's no tie between him and his son's money. You know, at least as as we have seen it presented in the case, why would his son's case impact him? Oh, they they, they are going to. It's going to be a tie there once they figure out that those uh, quote unquote loan repayments was part of the payouts and the influence peddling. He's going to be. Uh, he may not be indicted for that, but he's going to be implicated in that with his son. It's uh, and that that's that's even if they don't have an impeachment trial about him, it's going to be hard for him to escape because his position and his influence was the only thing his son had to negotiate in the sale. His son has no inherent skills himself. And so the only thing that he was leveraging was his father's position. And you're going to find that, you know, as a, a mainstay, uh, are they going to make it a mainstay in his his indictment? And he has been indicted, by the way. Mm-hmm. So that <laughs> so that that part of it is real, which we predicted that he would be indicted. Um, it's going to be very, very, very interesting. Um his position in Israel has been horrible and detrimental to him mm-hmm. because it really has cost him, it's going to cost him the uh, electoral vote in the major states that he needs to win that because the Muslim community, the Arab community, they're going to buckle on that. And a lot of the young progressive Jews that we've been meeting with are very adverse to his position. Uh, black men, particularly, adverse to his position. And what they was counting on as a strategy was the boogie bear strategy. Just keep painting Trump as the boogie bear. And that could work the first time. But now, you know, he's been the president, and people know that they could survive that. Uh, so that's not working as effectively as it worked the first time around for him. It's people don't see. They see Trump as an extremist, but they don't see him as as the boogie bear that they're trying to turn him in, in, into be. And a lot of folks, particularly black men, a lot of black men don't see a substantial difference between him and Trump. And so it's for them it's become fairly personal because of his position on Israel and and Gaza and, you know, and and uh, the migrants and what he did to the Haitians. And so they see him really as, a, you know, a very subtle, tacit racist, the inconsistency of how he dealt with the Haitians as opposed to how he dealt with the Cubans. I deal with the Palestinians as well as I deal with Israelis. I mean, you begin to see, you begin to understand his relationship with with first Thurman and his uh, position on busing. Things begin to make more sense to you as you watch his policies evolve. But 
everybody. What do you think? Call me at 773-763-9278. I hear you, Daryl. What are you about to <laughs> jump on in? Yeah, I, well, you know, in addition to what Dwight has laid out, I mean, when you start, you know, reviewing his policy and what's going on in the Middle East, he's going to own everything that's happening with Israel. And the fact that now Israel is, uh, you know, tensions have, have been uh, percolating and fire and uh, shots have been fired in Lebanon, as all of this continues to unfold, he's going to own all of this. This is, this is on his watch that all of this has occurred. And she has been the one to, you know, uh, glue himself to, to the Israelis through, throughout this entire, uh, you know, uh, fiasco that's going on there. But wait, so, Daryl, hold on. That- but hold on. Stay right there. And I want you to engage me on this. The Israeli narrative has completely shifted in the blinking of an eye. Prior to on October 6th, when you woke up the morning of October 7th, the entire A-team of CNN, they were there. They knew something was going to happen. Wolf Blitzer was there <laughs> in the morning, first thing in the morning. And nobody expected to see 300,000 Palestinians and Palestinian sympathizers in the streets of Washington demanding justice for them. That has just not happened in America over the past eight, 75, 80 years. I mean, so he's functioning in a narrative that he has that we have only known. It's the progressives among us who've been saying, at least as Reverend Jackson said, you need Israeli security, but Palestinian and Palestinian justice. No one was talking about the Palestinians, not with any mm-hmm. respect. Now you've got the U.N. general saying, wait a minute, I'm not about to invoke Article 99. This has gone too far. Now you have. South Africa, they're preparing a serious case to take to the ICC. I know that Israel is not a signatory, but you see the whole global south lining up, which is most of the world. Everything mm-hmm. has changed, Daryl, but him. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And then you add to that what, I, what I, I think is, you know, the last nail that's in it. And that is when the uh, Gaza area was declared the most uh, dangerous place, place to raise a child, for a child to exist in the world. Yeah, and so you, know, you, you put all of that together and, you know, he's got to own this narrative. He, he, he owns this, this story and what's happening there. And that's, that's, it's going to be a drag. It's going to continue to be a drag until, you know, I don't know what he can do at this point based on the positions uh, that he's taken. But that is one of the factors, as, as Dwight was laying them out, that, that clearly is in the minds of, of the young, our, our young voters, clearly in the mind of our you know, uh, uh, voters of color. Uh, and, and it's going to be driving him down until he deals with it. And I don't believe that he's going to be able to pivot and shift the story away from what's happening in the Middle East. It's, it's going to be that albatross that remains until he figures out how to effectively deal with it. You know, it's rare that uh, in a presidential election that we deal with uh, uh, a strong international issue as opposed to domestic issues. Hmm. Generally, voters are more domestic-oriented than international. You know, I question that uh, this time through because at this point in time, there's a strong international uh, you know, interest that's there that's against him. And the question becomes, how does he override it? In addition to all of that, on the domestic front, 
you know, right, you know, very clearly laid out a lot of the issues that are here domestically. Uh, the other issue that's there is voting rights. He didn't push hard on voting rights. He did as little as he could on the voting rights issue. And so now we have voting rights that's percolating again. There are a lot of issues that are in front of this administration that the African-American and community of color and young voters are dealing with that must be handled and must be dealt with. Well, what about the shift of black voters to Trump? They're not afraid of him anymore. What do you make of that, Daryl? I've got about a minute. You know, you're going to see, and it, it doesn't, it, it's scary, right? Because it doesn't take much of a shift because you're dealing with President Biden, who, you know, didn't come off strong in the African American community initially. And now that there's a soft vote that's there, got to remember, he only won by a slight percentage uh, in the general election. Therefore, any shift of black men away from him is traumatic and can be dramatic. And I believe you're going to see some shift unless they write this ship. I'm not certain how they do it at this point. Well, you know what? That's why you don't run weak candidates, everybody. That's why you need to have debates. That's why primaries matter. Dwight McKee made a brilliant point. We're back to front. This is what we were dealing with. This is what this is. Remember, four years ago this time, people were asking him to get out the race. And by the time we got past Iowa, where he did not even finish third, people were like, please leave. Please leave. And then he said, no, wait for South Carolina. You're going to see something there. I was like, well, what does he know? I said, clearly he knows something. Well, he knew something. But I think the inherent weaknesses in his candidacies, Dwight, I think you have a point. I think we're seeing them now. But now that we're here, what do we do? Call me at 773-763-9278, 773-763-WCPT. This is no time to feel hopeless. The fact is, if you make a move and you make some decisions and start calling the DNC, demanding debates, demanding uh, demanding discussions, demanding, 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 they will, they will dance to another tune. But the longer you stay silent, the more of this we're going to see. Back with more of the Santita Jackson Show in just a minute. This is the Santita Jackson Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Santita Jackson Show. We've got a lot to talk about. We've been talking about Biden's poll numbers. Why are they so low? 37%. Dwight McKee reminds us, you know, this is kind of where he was when he started. So what happened, everybody? What's happening, everybody? And how can... Democrats hold on to the White House in 2024. 773-763-9278, 773-763-WCPT. WCPT is my home station, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station. Keep it locked right here because we're going to give you the best and latest and greatest information as the Democrats come to town next Summer, And then, of course, my brothers and sisters to the north, AM 950 Radio, the voice of Progressive Minnesota. Call me at 773-763-9278. I want you to weigh in on this election 2024 conversation. And, uh, and go to my YouTube channel, the Santita Jackson Show YouTube channel, and meet up with the morning stars. As I go into some of these headlines, one of the headlines is it is just 
We are in the second day of Hanukkah, the Festival of Lights. We send all of our love. Carol Soskin, I'm watching you, girl, out there in the hills of Beverly, and my beloved Jonah Karsh. Uh, but our Jewish brothers and sisters are in the midst of their holiday season. What this is, a holy season, everybody. I mean, you've got the Muslims who have their holy season. You've got a holy season for our Jewish brothers and sisters. And we've got one of the highest holy seasons this and Easter in the Christian calendar. The birth of Jesus and, of course, in Easter, his, um, his death and resurrection. So may God bless our Jewish brothers and sisters in this moment of Hanukkah. But uh, before I go into these headlines, I wanted to bring on Denise Parker. You know what? Who is she? She is a brilliant esthetician. And, you know, she's been doing my hair for a minute. She and Sharita love you all at Savad's uh, Butorium. That's what I'm going to call it over on 82nd and Racine. And um, you never know Dwight McKee. And attorney Mark Fancher and attorney Daryl Jones and Joan McCarsh. You never know what someone's story is. So as I've talked to Denise and she's washing my hair, you know, it turns out she's got not one, not two, but seven children. Couldn't believe it because she just looks like she's not had one child. Body tight, all of that. And I'm a grandmama. Oh, really? It's just unbelievable. But what you doing for Christmas? Well, I've got a toy giveaway. Really? This is yesterday i've got a toy giveaway um well you know one of my children died whoa i didn't know that she said no i lost my son she said you know and i had to process my grief i was so angry and then i said that is not what my son would want me to do so i'm going to have a toy drive which he started at the tender age of 17 and so welcome my dear sister denise to this show how are you i'm good Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. First of all, the who, the what, the where. Uh, what is it, what is a toy drive about? When can we go? What time? Okay. Um, my son is Gabriel Burke. Um, he started at the, he started at um, he was seventeen, <laughs> and he called us at the table of Thanksgiving of two thousand nineteen. And he was gathered. He said, I want to ask y'all something. And we was like, okay. And then he's like, I want to start a toy drive, and I want to know, can y'all donate toys? And we was like, yes, me, his siblings. We was like, yeah. And so he already had started. He had already started buying toys and stuff. But then he took the toys to up north to a batter and children and women's shelter. Mm-hmm. And then... He he had passed away in 2020 of March. Um, he had a seizure, and he had passed away. So I, um, so me, me and my other kids, we just said that we was gonna continue to do this for him and you know the kids. So I wanted to start it back on the south side because a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of parents, a lot of parents out here is like. Losing, lost their jobs and stuff like that, or raising mm-hmm. some of their parents. They lost their parents, or their grandmama is raising them because you know they lost their parents, or their parents got locked up, or whatever. So we just hear so many stories and stuff. So this is our fourth anniversary of the Gabriel Toy Drive. We named mm-hmm. it after him, and um, he was just a great. He was a great 
person. You know, he 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 graduated early. He graduated at seventeen. He went to he went to college in Atlanta. So you know, he did a lot of stuff that he wanted to do. He went to real estate school while he was in um, college. So he was good with numbers. He he loved math, and he was a tutor and everything. So we just, you know, I was like, I was talking and I was telling her, like, I was so angry, you know, like with God, because I was like, I'm a good mom. Why me? You know, why me? Mm-hmm. But I just remember, like, God, you know, he just, we just borrowed, he just borrowed the children to us. So I had to realize this. So I, when I did my first toy drive, it just made me closer to Gabriel. And it made me so happy to just see the kids and, you know, so we was like, okay, we're going to do more than toys because it's parents out here, they, kids out here need coats, they need pajamas, they need socks, they need they need food and stuff. So we give away, that's not toys, we give away coats, we do gift cards, we do McDonald's, we do $100 gift cards for the family because some of them can't pay their bills and stuff mm-hmm. like that. We do free haircuts and handles and stuff like that. So my friend Sharita Driver, you know, I asked her, can I use the salon? So I use the salon every year so we can do the toy drive and stuff. And then before we do the toy drive, I introduced myself and that everybody knows that my son started it and why he wanted to start it and stuff like that. So that just brings me closer to him, and that makes me feel good that I can help another family and kids out here to make that Christmas better. It's one of the most beautiful stories I've ever heard. And next year, we're going to, if I'm still on this radio, we're going to talk about it more and more and more and more and make it even more successful. Toys, coats, food, whatever, underwear, whatever it is that you need, you'll be able to stop by 8540 South Racine from 12 to 5 on Sunday and pick it up. No questions asked. And just, you know, and give yeah. Denise some love. I mean, because she's showing us Dwight McKee, you know, just very quickly, how to kind of work our way through grief. This is a time when she could very easily have retreated into her pain. And yet she looked at her son and said, you know, God lent you to me. Now, maybe now I have to have another takeaway. Why don't you give her a word of comfort, Dwight, before we go? 12 to 5 on Sunday, 8540 South Racine. You can stop by there and get what you need, but you can also stop by there and make a donation. It's so important. Dwight McKee. Well, you can tell she put him on the right track when she named him Gabriel. Gabriel was God's chief angel. And so she's not just raised angels, she named an angel. So she really gave him a foundation that that created such a dynamic young man who had this kind of concern for the poor. Uh, it's just just hard, so hard uh, felt uh, love that you can feel, you know, that she would then pick up that mantle uh, in his behalf. And so I employ everybody, including us, to buy into helping them uh, promote such a, a genuine position for the holidays and also to be able to to take his name and and preserve it in full the full dignity and the full uh, love offering that his life represented 
So I want to really commend you for having raised such a magnificent young man. Absolutely. Thank you. Left you with a charge. Left you with a charge. He said, now I'm going to get this started. Now go on, because she she and his father went into the Bible and found biblical names, and that's why they chose Gabriel, because of its biblical meaning. And so I want to thank you, and hey, everybody, 8540 South Racine, uh, from 12 to 5 on Sunday, toys, food, coats, all the things that you need. And people are struggling out here, but you know what? This great woman of God wants to help you. And, um, and the community is coming together to be helpful, too. And I love you, Denise, and want to support you in every way that I can. Okay. I thank y'all, and thank you for the donation you gave me yesterday. They're really going to help. A family. I really appreciate it. So don't forget, it's December the 17th, 2023, on the Sunday from 12 to 5. Hope to see y'all there. Well, what I'm going to do is you'll be back next week talking about it. That's what we're going to do. Okay. 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 And thank you, child. Thank y'all all. Thank you. Oh, you are more than welcome. More than welcome. I mean, this is this was my headline today. This is I wanted I wanted to give the headline to Denise because what is it December twenty third? It's December seventeenth. December seventeenth. So we have a week to get more people over to eighty five forty South Racine. Dwight, you were going to say? Oh, God bless you, Denise. That's it. Really, this Thank just you, wonderful. Thank you, Thank you. And everybody you. else on this call, because I know that everybody's here, but uh, I want you to. Uh, I really want you to get on over there, everybody, and um, and give and give them the support because they're doing great work. Thank you, Sharita, for offering your beautiful space, and we just love you all so much. And I'll, you know, I told you Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I may have you back on because we're going to have everybody talking about this. Okay, thank you so much. Oh, sending you my I love, love you. I love you, I love too, you. girl. <laughs> I love you too. I love you too. I meant it. Right. And Mark and Jonah and Daryl, she was like, I know she's not who called me this morning. I was like, oh, no, sis, I'm calling you. <laughs> I said, uh-uh. Yes, you kept your promise, and I really oh. appreciate it. Oh, you don't have to worry thank about y'all. that. Thank y'all, so, thank y'all so much. Oh, absolutely, everybody. Get on over to 8540 South Racine, right in the middle of our community, and give them a love offering, drop off some, well, I mean, unused clothing, food and such, uh, because it's going to go to people who really, really need it. Uh, Let's talk about Biden's falling polling numbers. As we look at Chicago today, a high 54 degrees, partly cloudy. Minneapolis, St. Paul, 51 degrees, partly cloudy. This NBA in season tournament, they're going to find a way to make some money. (laughs) The Pacers and the Lakers, who's going to win tonight? Who's going to be the in the in the middle of the season champion, I don't know, but it's too rich. Uh, the uh, the the uh, oh my gosh! In the NFL, the Patriots twenty one, the Steelers eighteen. In the NHL, Chicago shut out the Ducks last night, and the Canucks shut out the Wild last night two to nothing. In the NBA, the Bulls will be playing the Spurs, and the Timberwolves will be playing the Grizzlies. But let's talk about this headline. President Biden is at 37 percent, and everybody's wondering how he, how his numbers continue to drop. And then we're watching his son, who's now under indictment. 
Um, hmm, let me ask the lawyer here. Let me say, well, we've, we've been talking to you, Attorney uh, Attorney Daryl Jones and Dwight McKee, and we've got, of course, from If Not Now, their political lead, Jonah Carr, a brilliant uh, jazz pianist. Uh, but let me start with you, Mark Fancher. We went from what could have been a misdemeanor this summer. Um, they had worked out a plea deal to an indictment that could involve jail time. How do we end up here with, with Hunter Biden? And do you think that that's going to impact uh, the upcoming election or, or, or Biden's standing in the election? Mark Fancher. I, I apologize. I really have not followed the case close enough to... Mm-hmm provide any type of informed analysis about um, how the prosecutor may have made decisions uh, in in this case. Uh, Well, you know, to be fair, I just just shot that at you because I'm, you know, it's when I saw that he was under indictment, I said, what happened? How how did we get here? Well, well, very often prosecutors um, make decisions about whether to go forward with a case based on how strong they think the case is. And uh, it, it is possible uh, that uh, in, in this period of time that we're looking at, that information came to their attention, which caused them to uh, believe that they would be able to sustain uh, a prosecution against him for these, these various charges. Uh, and they proceeded with an indictment that uh, they believe will yield convictions. Uh, but that's it's very often it's as simple as that, uh, how strong they think the case is. Hmm. Why is Biden at 37 percent Jonah Karsh? Why do his numbers continue to drop with young people such as yourself, uh, with the Arab community, with the Arab American community, with the black voters? I mean, with climate change activists. I mean, this coalition that he had to pull together. Um Latino voters. What is happening? What are you seeing? Yeah, certainly there, there's so many different kinds of uh, voters, and, and I don't want to generalize for every single voter, and different groups have different reasons. I can talk about what I'm hearing from uh, people my age that are really passionate about this issue around Israel and Palestine, um, and, and Arab American voters, of course, who you know, for example, in Dearborn, Michigan, where uh, uh, over half of the population is Arab American, NBC News did a story last month, and they went uh, and talked to the head of the Democratic Party in Dearborn, Michigan, and he said he will vote for a Democrat for president in 2024, and they said, will you vote for Joe Biden? And he refused to say he would. Um, and these are people that have devoted their lives to electing Democrats to power. Um, and I think it speaks to the fact that uh, uh, Joe Biden is seen by so many in the Arab American community, uh, and I would say quite accurately as as condoning um, providing the guns and the bombs, and and uh, and and aiding and abetting uh, the atrocities that we're seeing in Gaza perpetrated by Israel right now, with very little accountability, and even for people who. Uh, are committed Democrats who have been cared about electing Democrats their whole lives. Uh, sometimes if you feel like he's disregarding the lives of, of people that you care about, many Arab American voters have family in Gaza, uh, and, and Palestine is just a really important issue in that community. Um, and if you feel that, that Biden is, is disregarding their lives, 
it's not as if they think that Trump will be better, but sometimes it's so hard to even be willing to pull the trigger. Now, for, for people my age, um, certainly uh, in the community that I'm in, I think people understand uh, the risk that, that a Trump presidency poses, not just to this issue around Israel-Palestine, where it's possible he would be even worse than Biden, but to our to our trans community, um, to to immigrants in this country, uh, to our democracy, uh, Donald Trump and and the fascism of the Republican Party presents an enormous threat, and we don't deny that for a minute. And it's vital that we defeat Donald Trump. But in fact, it's for that very reason that so many of us are standing up and saying, uh, if Joe Biden is uh, signed, sealed, and delivered as the nominee of the Democratic Party, and he and he's uh, you know, standing unconditionally by Israel as they perpetrate, you know, what the United Nations is warning uh, is on the precipice of a genocide uh, of Palestinian people. It's going to be really, really hard for us to, to get to organize our communities to get out and say that we need to elect Joe Biden to a second term or elect Democrats to a second term when when uh, if, if they're seen as aiding these atrocities. And, and that's not to say that there aren't things, at least I personally, you know, I'm, I understand that Biden has made an effort to cancel student debt. The Supreme Court's gotten in the way. He passed the biggest climate bill in the history of our country, thanks in part to pressure from some of our friends in the Sunrise Movement. But but uh, as people that grew up uh, in, in, the, in the activist and social justice community and were told that the Democratic Party is the party of uh, equity and justice, and racial equality in the United States and who, who were, you know, inspired by the election of Barack Obama to, to see those values abandoned overseas in Israel and Palestine, uh, I think is really jarring for a lot of people in my community that are my age. Mm, Joel Walsh, who's calling in from New York. Joel, how are you? Good morning. Thank you for taking my call, Sunita. Thank you for calling uh, in. Yes, it's me again. You know, I just want to weigh in quickly. Uh, basically, President Biden, he could get his numbers back up and running, you understand, the faster that he focused on his strong base that got him in the first place. The idea, the idea to, to get the police reform for the George Floyd police in place would be important. They got victims out there that got hurt and have damages that need to be dealt with. The student loans, the voting rights, this is the items that got him in here. You know, you, you have to remember, can't be focusing on the items that got him in here. We need to focus on our items as well. Thank you so hmm. much. Now, Jewel has said it. Carl, what's on your mind, sweetie? Hmm. Okay, Carl? there we go. Yeah, I'm here now. <laughs> hey. How you doing? <laughs> I was waiting for the day. <laughs> I'm doing well. Uh, listen, I'm glad you brought up sports a minute ago, right? Okay. So okay. This, this, this is how the polls go, and this is how the national election, this is how the national media does this every time to get Democrats in, in the tizzy. So if you're watching a football game on Sunday, and if said football team is up 43-7 to seven in the third quarter, they're going to switch games because no one wants to sit there and watch a blowout. <laughs> and so this is what the media do every time. They try, and keep, they try and keep this thing close 
So they put out those uh, those polls for this thing to look competitive. At the end of the day, the Democrats have won, what, the past seven out of the last eight popular votes uh, in, in the presidential election. There's more of us than it is of them. Get out there and vote. And listen, don't sit there and say, well, I don't like this, I don't like that, I don't like the other. But then look across the aisle. If you don't like, if you don't like the, uh, the, the Democrats' plans and what they want to do for our country, look, look over to the other aisle and see that they don't have any policies at all. The only policies that they have is hatred of the other. Pick your other of the day, and that's what the Republicans have for you. Then go vote. It really is that simple. But is it, why do you think black men are moving to him? I've got about 30 seconds for you. 22%. Well, me personally, me personally, I don't mm-hmm. believe it. I just, I don't believe it because of the fact that we didn't get, we didn't get President Hillary Clinton. Remember, she was up by 16. And well, she won we the got. popular vote. No, she won the popular she vote. She just she did. Didn't, she just did. I mean, but they remember that's not what gets you in office, right? The electoral college does that exactly. And so, where where is where do you win the electoral college in the Midwest? And plus, she didn't go there, and Joe Biden is camped mm-hmm. out there. So you win it in North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, Idaho. When you just pick up those little bitty places. Exactly. But, you know, but there's something, you know, Carl, I think there's something going on. And I certainly want Mark Pancher to respond to that and the rest of the panel when we get on the other side. But I'm sending you much so much love, sweetie. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Everybody, please, the Gabriel Toy and Food and Clothing Drive. Get on over to 8540 South Racine, 8540 South Racine and drop off. Food, unworn clothes, shoes, etc. Today, uh, on December 17th, there will be a giveaway. And, pe- and they give and give until there is no more. Uh, and they make sure. They even give away food cards. And, you know, just I mean, what, what Denise's family have done, just incredible. Her, one of her daughters bought five $100 food cards just to give away in her brother's name. Wow. There's some good people out here, everybody. Don't you let anyone tell you any differently. I'm Santita Jackson. Stay right here. Call us at 773-763-9278. 773-763-WCPT. Let's talk about election 24. Can Biden pull it out? Back in a minute. This is Chicago's Progressive Talk, 820 AM, WCPT Willow Springs, and online at WCPT820.com, where facts matter. What's for dinner? Burgers? After last week? No thanks. Avoiding foods due to fear of diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or loose oily stools? It may not be just stomach issues. It could be EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency. EPI can cause uncomfortable symptoms because it's a condition where the pancreas doesn't release enough digestive enzymes to break down food. But EPI can be managed. Use the symptom checker on identifyepi.com and talk to your doctor about your symptoms. That's identifyepi.com. Sponsored by Abby. It's 4 a.m., Monday, and you're literally sucking baby snot through a tube because she's congested. Man, that's love. And if you love her that much, love her enough to make sure she's buckled in the right car seat. To make sure your child's in the right seat for their age and size, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. 
Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. In 2023, WCPT 820 is where facts matter. Information is power. In-depth analysis. Thought-provoking conversation. Stay informed to know what's going on. People are demanding that their voices be heard. Chicago's progressive talk is WCPT 820, where facts matter. You're listening to WCPT 820. Here's the latest Chicago weather update. From the Weatherology Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki. Partial sunshine develops here for today. We'll see high in the upper 50s. Southwest winds around 10 to 20 miles per hour, gusting as high as 30. And then for tonight, a chance for rain showers here late, cloudy alone near 46. Saturday, chance for rain early. Skies become mostly sunny. Temperatures holding rather steady. Then by Sunday, mostly cloudy, high around 37. That's your latest Chicago weather update. Currently, it's 46. This is a WCPT Veteran Minute. When Pearl Harbor was attacked, men of all races across the country volunteered to join the fight, despite the United States Army being heavily segregated. Black enlistees were mostly assigned to combat support roles. But this did not stop Lieutenant Colonel Paul L. Bates, who knew of the racism and pushed his soldiers to achieve excellence. The 761st Tank Battalion was formed in the spring of 1942. It contained 30 black officers, 6 white officers, and 676 enlisted men. The unit donned the nickname the Black Panthers, wearing patches on their uniforms with a panther on it and the slogan, Come Out Fighting. And in 1944, the 761st was assigned to General George Patton's 3rd Army in France. General Patton gave a colorful speech to his crew, and the Black Panthers became the first African-American tank squad in World War II. And by the end of the war, the Black Panthers had fought further east than every other United States unit, receiving 391 decorations for their heroism. She was five. I saw her at 73. Nobody else had concerns. She wasn't participating and slept mostly. Her mom listened to her gut and brought her in. They assumed the reason was her dementia. Mom was right. Her daughter couldn't hear high frequencies. Instead, it was a profound hearing loss. And after helping her, educationally, she just took off. She's participating in life again. Find an ASHA certified audiologist today at ASHA.org slash public. My mom has decided to learn to paint, and she's good. My dad's now into creative cuisine, and I've already put on six pounds. Learning new things comes with age. My mom? She started forgetting my name and what we're talking about. Forgetting well-known things doesn't. Memory loss may be a sign of Alzheimer's disease. Early detection gives you and your loved one time to plan for the future. Learn the warning signs of Alzheimer's at 10signs.org. Brought to you by the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk, where facts matter. We can change the world, change the world, change the world. Oh, yes, we can. We can change the world, we can change the world, change the world. We this is the Santita Jackson Show. And hate to a place of love, it's not too late. Gotta save the children, we can't wait. Let's change the world. Everybody, welcome, welcome back to the Santita Jackson Show, WCPT 820, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station and AM 950 radio, the voice of progressive Minnesota and the Santita Jackson Show YouTube channel. And go to SantitaJackson.com. Got that website up. I'm going to be populating it with more and more information uh, just as we go forward in the next 
week, two weeks. I cannot wait to do that. Hey, everybody, call me at 773-763-9278. You've already called talking about these Biden polling numbers and what they mean going forward. Do you believe them? Disbelieve them? Do you think we can just go on beyond them? Yes, while Democrats have won. Uh, these e- last few election cycles, they have won the popular vote, but they have not won the electoral college vote. They've not won enough votes in outside of these urban centers. There's something to be said for that. And Biden is polling at 37 percent. Wow. Those are low numbers, and the numbers continue to drop. And now the media are talking about it. See, you always have to watch when they do not obscure this. You've got to watch. Uh, watch that. You've got to watch the Hunter Biden indictment. Because let me tell you, this is how politics is. Real, real politique. If you're protected, you're safe. You're still useful to the establishment. When you're unprotected, you're unsafe. Okay? And there's something to be said for this moment that we're living in. So what's going to happen, everybody? I want you to call me at 773-763-9278. Mark Fancher, what do you make of this moment? 37%? And the narrative on the Middle East completely changed. I mean, this did, this story did not break the way any of us could have dreamt. Well, it, it is a, a profound moment. Uh, it's one that I think that we should all reflect on. And I think part of what we should consider is the hysteria that uh, we see the Democratic Party generating uh, about the prospect of another uh, Trump presidency. Uh, what they, they claim is that if uh, he becomes president again, uh, that there will be a real threat to our democracy, uh, that we will not have the opportunity to fully participate in a democratic process, uh, and that it will become an authoritarian type of a country, uh, a police state, where, in fact, literally the police uh, will deprive people of their constitutional rights and will cause them to be uh, jailed, will cause them to lose uh, their lives. Uh, they talk about the possibility of Trump coming into office and there being an economic disaster because of his incompetence. Uh, they talk about Trump using the machinery of government uh, to pursue a vindictive campaign against all of those who have uh, differed with him, who criticized him. But the fact is that if you are an oppressed person, uh, if you're an African person, if you're a Latino person, and you live in a marginalized community of any kind, then you know that that's already your reality. And there are many people who understand that this is already their reality. And what this is about, is it's not trying to uh, fend off uh, another Trump presidency uh, for the sake of the country, it's an attempt to stop for white people, for white communities, the commencement of a reality that has existed for marginalized and oppressed communities in this country for generations and generations. So this really comes down to white people and what they're afraid of, that they're afraid that they too are going to be oppressed and repressed in the same way that many marginalized communities have been oppressed and repressed for generations. And it's disturbing on some level because the degree of, of panic, uh, the degree of fear uh, that has gripped many uh, in the, on the white left, many white progressives, many white liberals, 
is a degree of fear and panic that they did not seem to have when the only people who were experiencing what they were afraid of were people across the tracks. So I think that there are many voters, particularly, you know, there was a reference to uh, black men. I don't know if they are deciding to exit from the Democratic Party and defect to Trump or not. I don't know if that's true. But if it is, then that certainly could be a big part of the mix, that they do not understand the reason why uh, they should become afraid of something that already is their reality. Uh, so I think that we need to come to terms with that. But I think beyond that, I think that this is an important moment in, in, and one to appreciate what I believe is actually happening. And it's not necessarily a referendum on Joe Biden, the person. I think it's a referendum on America, uh, on the system that the United States uses for its political purposes. And the fact that many people have concluded that it is a rigged system, uh, that it's broken, that both the, of the parties uh, are in no way responsive to, useful to, ordinary kinds of people. And it may represent an abandonment of the system, uh, you know, and not just so much an abandonment of the Democratic Party. I think this is healthy. Uh, I, I, I am, I, you know, I know many people are, are despondent. Uh, they're upset about the prospect of, of the Democratic Party in some way imploding at a certain level. But I want the Democratic Party to implode. I want the Republican Party to implode. I want all of them gone because they are uh, two entities that do nothing but serve the interests of major capitalists and imperialists. And none of that is healthy for people. What is healthy for people are people, individuals like our sister Denise, who you had on at the top of the show. Mm -hmm. You know, I am not saying, I'm not being facetious when I say that I want her as my president. Mm -hmm. Because God really gave us an instruction as to how to deal with this world. You know, how to manage it appropriately, properly, fairly, and justly. He said, I only require of you two things. One, love me with all your heart, mind, and soul and love one another. And people like Joe Biden and other heads of state around the world have never learned those basic lessons. They do not know that the key to managing any society is to simply love one another. And so that when you see people suffering in your country, the response is not to demonize other governments, other countries, other struggling peoples, uh, to, to finance uh, the military industrial complex, uh, to finance major corporations that exploit and oppress? The answer is to serve the needs of those people, to love them, to give them what they need. When you see tension and conflict and war, the response is not to buy into that and to participate in war. It's simply to love other people, to love other countries, and to put love in place of guns and bombs. And it's people who understand those basic kinds of things who are most qualified uh, to govern, if that's what they were inclined to do. So my vote is for Denise. <laughs> Mine too. Before I go to the callers, Jonah, it's uh, part of, I think, uh, part of the narrative, I would say, coming out of the, well, Democratic and Republican parties. You know, they have got a system that favors them. So they're kind of in bed, kind of, they, they are in bed together, you know, 
They don't let anyone else on the debate stage. If they do, it's huge news, blah, blah, blah. I get the sense that your generation are unafraid of your non-binary in more than one way. You don't just see Republicans and Democrats. Am I misreading that? Yeah, yeah, I think that, um, you know, our, our the, my generation overwhelmingly, you know, if you look at the polling supports, will vote for Democrats over Republicans. But I think one of the things that we understand is that uh, not all Democrats are the same. Um, this, is, this is something that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said when she ran for Congress in 2018 and knocked off Joe Crowley, who was uh, planning on becoming the next Speaker of the House, and she just completely blindsided him and, and defeated his campaign, is that, you know, he was somebody that didn't live in the district. Uh, he was somebody that was uh, had been elected when the district was majority white and it was now majority people of color. Uh, he was somebody that sent his kids to schools in Virginia, even though he represented New York. And and people stood up and said, uh, "This is this, yeah." Especially young people who were pivotal to that election. You know, we we're we're struggling to make ends meet. Uh, we're we're not getting our health care costs and our housing costs are going up. We we got sold out in terms of being told we needed to go to college to get ahead, and now we're swimming in student debt. Um, and what is the what are what is the Democratic Party doing to help us? Certainly, the Republicans aren't doing anything to help us, but not every Democrat uh, was showing up either. And and so, uh, I think there was a huge groundswell around the Occupy Wall Street movement, and 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 just around the material needs of our generation and the lack of economic mobility, the need to fight climate change, all these things that we saw gun control. That, that you know, not every Democrat was talking about all the time, and 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 people people stood up and said, you know, we need to demand more of the people that we're electing, um, and that goes now for the crisis that we're seeing in the Middle East as well, because again, these values of justice that so many in my generation carry, they don't stop at the borders of the United States. We care about that around the world, and that our hmm. U.S. foreign policy reflects that. Hmm. Eon, what's on your mind today? Thank you for calling. Hello? Is e- Hi, Eon. Honey, come close to the phone so that we oh, can hear you. Don. Oh, Tom? Don. All right. Don, honey. Don. What's on? Don. Uh, okay. Can you come yeah. close to the phone so that we can hear you? Hold on a minute, please. Okay, of course. Can you hear me now? That Yes, now we can. Thank you for calling. Oh, I, I apologize. No, no uh, apologies. First time no, no. caller, long time Thank listener. Uh, love you. your show, St. Pete. You do great Thank work. Thank you. Thank you, um, sweetie. I just want to comment on, on Biden's poll. Um, there's so many. Re- I got a list of things of why people ain't going to vote for Biden. He, number one, he contributed a lot of Trump's policies on immigration. He's continuing to build a border wall. He, uh, he waived environmental rules just to keep the border wall going. Uh, his COVID response was the same as Biden. A lot of uh, people and immune compromised people are upset with that. Um, and when I what happened in, with Israel and Palestine, um, that was just uh, the nail in the coffin for him. Uh, that's that's my opinion. Um, he didn't do the George Floyd. 
Justice and Policing Act, um, voting rights didn't get done. It's just a lot of things. And uh, the younger generation ain't dumb. They're, they're, uh, they're a lot more progressive than a lot of people think. Uh, I'm 54 years old. And uh, uh, I'm just, uh, I'm happy with the younger generation. They're going to lead us to a better path. But there's just so many things that Biden, and a lot of people see what the Democrats, other outrage about Trump was full. It was, it was, it was full when he was in. Because Biden gets in there and he does the same things and they don't say nothing about it. They just hmm. excuse it. You know, um, I was saying that when Trump was in office, that uh, it was full outrage on a lot of the, on part, of a lot of the Democrats that were in there. Um, it, but that's the way it is. As of right now, I, I, I don't stand to any politician anymore. Um, I'm just done with them all. Uh, they'll be lucky if I vote this time. No, Period. vote. Vote, but hold them accountable. <laughs> telling you, vote, yeah. but hold them accountable. The, your vote, your, the voting process is the end of the beginning. After you leave the voting booth, then you have to hold them accountable because you've hired them. Now you got to make them work. Okay? Right. I want you to hold on to that. Don't don't throw the vote away, sweetie. Don't do that. Let me th- thank you, my sweet. I don't want you. To, I don't want you to feel despondent at all because you've done your job. Now you got to continue. Your job is not done when you're voting. Shapiro, what's on your mind today? Good morning, Santita, and thank you so much for taking my call. Listen, in the words of my grandmama, she used to always say, folks don't think fat meat is grease. And I used to say, what did you mean by that, Granny? And this is what, uh, you know, I used to always hear her say that. And the Biden and the Democratic Party don't think that meat is greasy. But we're going to show them that it is greasy because they don't, they are not listening to us in our demands. I have not forgotten uh, the promises that Biden uh, made in the last campaign to pass the George Floyd Justice and Police Act to do the civil rights uh, renewal, as well as also to continue to help us with the student loans. I have not forgotten. I understand that he has a a stalemate in Congress. However, we know that he can sign executive orders. And until he does that, he will not have my support because he continues to uh, put our issues on the back burner as if he doesn't need us to cross the finish line. He absolutely needs black Americans to cross any finish line. And his and his stance on these two wars that he has started has, has only uh, made the situation worse because the allies that he used to have in the Muslim and Arab community, he no longer has that. So now you have exasperated the issue, uh, the issues, and you have – it's a thing he don't want to win because he's not doing anything to make himself win or make himself look like he's wanting to win because we know that the Civil Rights Act renewal will help him and protect us, uh, our vote, our right to vote. He knows that justice and policing will put a lot of activists on his side. These executive orders he has, he has refused to sign. And I know he doesn't believe in them. That's why he hasn't put them in there. But I'm going to show him that you should have you should have uh, uh, voted uh, voted and put those executive orders because you have to sometimes you got to teach people 
You have to teach him. And right now, he's not listening to us. He's not. He's not even even. We're not even a figment of his imagination because he thinks that he automatically has this book. But we're going to show him that the fat meat is green. Well, you know, I, no, no, stay right there because I want the panel to to respond to you. But put us on mute and I, because I want to get as many of these callers in as we can before we go. And if you don't mind, uh, Mark and Jonah and Dwight, please stay with me so that you can react to what you've just heard. Marvin Bolden, how you doing, Marvin? Thank you for calling. Marvin? Third party. Oh, hello. I'm, I'm sorry. That's all right. I, 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 I'm sitting up here. Uh, I'm I'm calling from Decatur, Georgia, man. And well, I, thank I'll you for calling. You, yes. I, I I can't believe that people are so stupid that they will vote for uh, for Trump. Trump, Trump, have have you listened to what this guy says he's going to do? When he gets in there, you know, he's going to appoint this guy, Stephen Miller, as the attorney general. Do you know, do they know who Stephen Miller is? I don't think so. And a whole bunch of, uh, he's going to bring Flynn back to make him secretary of state. That in itself should brought you to vote for Biden. He's the only game in town. Right now, as far as I'm concerned, all but these third-party people. Well, let me let me is. ask you because no, hold, hold, hold on, well, hold, on. hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, Biden, hold. I mean, excuse me, Marvin, hold on a moment, Mr. Bolden, hold on a moment, because you've got Robert Kennedy. All the although the corporate media won't say it, he's past twenty percent, so he's not the only game in town. At the, at the very least, he has a plurality. He does not have a majority. I mean, and Clinton never won with majority. He won with a plurality. These are not the only games in town. So, I mean, what say you about that? Well, Robert Kennedy Sr. is not Robert Kennedy Jr. Mm-hmm. Or should, uh, should I say vice versa? This guy is an anti-vax, you know, I, I don't know, even his own family, the Kennedy family, has said he's bad news. But no, no, all of them. No, Marvin. Marvin, no, no, his his family. No, no, they have not. They've they've had disagreements. Yeah, I've heard. heard Some do not, but he is also to be. Well, that's just one because there are a lot of Kennedys, as we all know. Not to mention the fact that he's not an anti-vaxxer. He's one of the leading environmental lawyers in the world. He questioned the safety. No, no, I'm just saying, if you're going to engage in critique, we have to be accurate. And I'm not a Kennedy supporter. But the thing is, I, whatever we say about people, it has to be accurate. He's not an anti-vaxxer. That's what the corporate media have said. Anyone who asks a question about about a substance that we that was almost mandated that we put in our bodies, we were not supposed to ask any questions about it. And he asked questions, as now you have different studies from around the world that say, okay, we do have some heart problems that come out as a result of this. We do have this. We do have that. Is it safe overwhelmingly? Yeah, but do, are there other problems associated? Yes. So that's where he is on that. So, I mean, and, and let's not call people stupid. I mean, you can disagree with them, Marvin, but, you know, we, no one needs to be stupid. So, so, where did, so well, no, I hear I'm you. Where, but, 
Where do you where do you see this election going? I mean, why are his numbers? I only have a couple more minutes, but I want you to stay with me. Marvin, why don't you do this? Could you stay with me for a few minutes? Yes. Okay. 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 Please, because I'd love for you to. I'd love for uh, you to engage the panel. Let me get Lee on before we go. Lee, what's on your mind, sweetie? Hello, Cynthia. This is amazing. I kept thinking I was so disappointed about the fact that Biden really wasn't doing the things that I want to do. And when your person said, I want both parties to employ, I thought, you know, I've been thinking that and thinking that and thinking that's just not going to work. But it is going to work because everybody in this country is sick and tired of what they're seeing from both parties. And that's why the people ran to Trump. You know, they said nobody here mm-hmm. in the establishment is doing anything. Let's look for somebody else. So they went to a, uh, somebody else. That's a, you know, what do they call it? The devil and the devil. Um, if they could run to the person who has total integrity, who doesn't even want the job, but we want him because he will bring us back to the promised land, so to speak. That's what we want. And I think the American people are ready for that. And that's what we have to get. So that, now, that's my feeling. And I have to say, your show has brought the awareness to me so much better than anything else I've researched. <laughs> you're oh, amazing. You. <laughs> well, you know, you're very sweet. You know, I, just, I just want to bring. No, 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 don't, no, no, don't, don't apologize. So let me ask you this: Do you are you someone who would like to vote for Trump? Is is he someone who has appeal to you? And no, no harm, no foul, no shade. I just want to know. Lee, are you there? Well, I just want you all to yeah. know that when you come. Oh, yes. Lee is. I mean, is, is Trump someone you like? And if so, why? No, no harm, no foul. Oh, no. You, OK, you have to turn the radio down. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Lee, you have to turn the radio down. Yeah. OK. Did you, did you, hadn't I is, already talked? Is Trump your guy? I'm sorry, did I already it, talk? No, 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 no. Yeah, but before we get off, just I've got about 10 seconds. Is Trump the person you're supporting in, in the 2024 cycle? Thus far? No, the, the, the people have turned to Trump because they're sick and tired of watching the other two parties fail at, so at serving to, the people. So you and, want, you know, they're you looking for somebody. They're picking the wrong side. We need mm-hmm. to get somebody with integrity that will actually lead us in the right direction. Ah. And that's what we have to do. Okay, a third we'll party right has there. to be the solution here. Stay right there. I want to get closing thoughts. Or I just, you know, Shapiro's still there. I think Marvin is still there. Lee's there. So, everybody, we've got Mark Fancher, Jonah Karsh, and Dwight McKee. Everybody, I'll see you on Keep Up Alive on Sunday. And at Rainbow Push tomorrow at 10 o'clock, 930 50th Street. Sending you so much love, everybody. Stay right here on the Santita Jackson Show YouTube channel. <laughs> 